0: The Life Science Today, your source for stories, insights, and trends across the life science industry. I'm your host, Dr. Noah Goodson. This week, spending that COVID money, brain money, Irish money, and another oncology approval. The views expressed on Life Science Today are those of the host and guests. They do not necessarily reflect the opinions of any organizations with which they are affiliated. In a predictable move, Pfizer has made the $5.4 billion cash acquisition of Global Blood Therapeutics, a company dedicated to treating sickle cell disease. Their pipeline includes the approved treatment Voxelodor, which is an oral therapy approved in 2019. Last year, sales reached 195 million but Pfizer plans to expand the global footprint and see those numbers rise. Additionally, Global Blood Therapeutics pipeline includes the once-daily oral GBT-601, a potential next-generation sickle cell disease therapeutic, as well as the monoclonal therapy in Clacumab. Pfizer thinks the net portfolio, when approved and run at scale globally, could top $3 billion a year. This also represents another mechanism for Pfizer to safely expand revenue generation and future pipeline without getting major pushback from regulators. Remember, those big acquisitions, $10-20 consistently are getting regulatory pushback. So even the target, sickle cell disease, has enough competition in pipelines in the market to readily dodge even a hint of anti-competition. For a company like Pfizer, flush with billions, this is another well-targeted acquisition. Whether it ever proves to be worth the price tag, we'll have to wait on the pipeline to see. Joining the biotech capital raise train, Cerevel Therapeutics has announced plans to raise a combined $554 million through $300 million convertible senior notes and a $254 million common stock offering. The raise comes as the company looks to move its late-stage Parkinson's asset forward, along with a seemingly too-wide pipeline of neurological treatments, including epilepsy, anxiety, and schizophrenia. They had $531 million in the bank at the end of Q2, and they burned $127 million in the front half of the year. But this raise should bring their coffers up past a $1 billion again. Now, there are a couple ways to look at this raise. One is that they're taking a chance now to raise some money and hedge their bets as they start additional trials next year. The other is that perhaps they're not overly optimistic on what the readout might be for their leading Parkinson's candidate and are hoping to raise some capital now before bad news strikes in Q1 of 2023. Whatever the strategic reasons for the raise, the market is not thrilled and shares have dropped around 20% at the news. Though they remain above their average value across the last six months. Across 2020 and 2021, there were a ton of new facilities announced in the contract manufacturing space as well as the pharma direct owned manufacturing space to fill out gaps and prepare for the future of biotech and pharma demand. However, in early 2022, as the market has reset, news of major facilities has slowed somewhat. From the major pharmaceutical companies this not only reflects the variances in the market but also the need for a breather from capital infrastructure investment while they determine just where their pipelines might be going in future markets and what kinds of support they're likely to need to drive that forward that's not to say announcements have stopped and last week abbott announced they'll be building a new 250,000 square foot manufacturing facility in ireland investing 440 million euros and creating 1,000 new jobs, including expansion at their Donegal site and opening this new site at Kilkenny. Abbott has a strong manufacturing presence on Irish soil, but has been recently joined by other major players in competing for talent on the Emerald Isle. AstraZeneca and Daiichi Sankyo have received FDA approval to treat patients with unreceptable or metastatic non small cell lung cancer with HER2 mutations with the antibody drug conjugate sold as Inher2. The complete response rate for this therapy is quite low 1.9%, but the overall response rate was around 57.7%, earning the approval for this aggressive condition with limited therapeutic options. While a mild movement forward in the therapeutic solutions, it does represent a therapy for a relatively large number of potential patients per year relative to other niche oncologies. Per the terms of the collaboration, AstraZeneca will now pay Daiichi Senkyo $125 million as a milestone payment for the FDA approval. I just wanted to note that overall, this is fairly representative of many of the oncology approvals. People have limited options, and this provides an option with meaningful side effects that can increase their life expectancy somewhat, but doesn't have any sense of curative properties. Now, it's certainly great that it's approved and is now accessible to patients. However, if this were my primary therapeutic option, I don't think I'd be thrilled. It's certainly better than what existed before, and hats off to AZ and DS for the hard work. But it's also a clear incremental step in defeating cancer. Thanks for joining me for Life Science Today, your source for stories, insights, and trends across the life science industry. Learn more on lifesciencetodaypodcast.com. And if you like what you hear, please tell a friend. Once again, I'm Dr. Noah Goodson. I'll see you next week.